season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful, and welcome back to another episode of Eagles Talk with Deeg. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. I would also greatly appreciate that. It's holiday season, and you know what the best gift or stocking stuffer is? Well, it's our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped has the tools to guarantee you witness your stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is a leader in men below the waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. Get 20% off and for shipping is go doink at manscaped.com. Manscaped's best-selling product is Performance Package 4.0, which is the top of every man's wish list. Inside, you'll find their lawnmower body trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body, and the weird weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the Performance Package now to receive two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get 20% off and free shipping and go doink at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping and go doink at manscaped.com. Be the ballsiest gift giver ever this year with Manscaped. Last sponsor today is CoolBet. CoolBet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. For first-time users, use the positive code doink, D-O-I-N-K, doink, for a 100% welcome bonus of $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code doink, D-O-I-N-K, doink. And CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at CoolBet Canada a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet, stay cool. And bet response to you. My friend, my man, Thomas, is back with us talking to me. He goes, how are we doing? Be the ballsiest gift giver this season. I mean, those those that ad read Brilliant. just gets better and better and better. Brilliant. It's- if, if, if someone's buying you right now listening to it, just from, just from <laughs> that line. Um, Thomas, I know there was a big Eagles game, but everyone, like all the listeners, are just dying to know how the banana cream pie turn out. <laughs> well, like it always does, um, taste was on point, but of course, I wasn't able to cut out the pie from the uh, uh, from the pan without having everything just totally destroyed. So oh. it looked it looked awful, and it tasted, it tasted perfect. All that matters is the taste. It doesn't matter how it looks in the end, you know. Exactly, exactly. I've been and... craving it since, to be honest. So I actually might go get one today. <laughs> I still have some leftovers if you want to come by. Want to ship it to Canada for me? Now nah, you just come by. <laughs> I think that's a better idea. I'll, I'll, I'll hop on a flight right now. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just say I, I was happy that I had some some banana cream pie with leftovers when I was watching the Eagles game because I had to. Something had to taste good. Something had to taste good. It's like, it's, it's like it didn't. The Eagles didn't look good. And it also tasted horribly. Like, <laughs> you just oh, left with a, with that, a bad the, Yeah, exactly. It was. We talked about it, um, I think, off there. I don't know if we did last week. We said, if they lose this game, it will deflate all the progress and everything that kind of happened over the last four weeks. Don't know if that's true in the grand scheme of things, but it feels like that, and that's how fans are feeling. Um, yeah. I, want to, I want to start with the last play of the game. 
because I think that is the kind of topic of conversation around um, Eagles radio, Eagles Twitter, where if you're an Eagles fan, that's kind of what you've been thinking about. Uh, what did, did you think that Devonta Smith was one open? Two, did you think Hurts made the right decision going to Raider? Um, do I think he was open? Yeah, for a second. I mean, the safety did a very good job. No, not quite. Who's the safety? It doesn't matter. The safety did a very good job of recognizing it as soon as, as Devontae was breaking up the uh, up the sidelines. So if you were to throw the pass, you have to throw it as soon as he was breaking up and separating uh, from the uh, from the cornerback cross, coming across the field. Um, because at a certain point, the, the safety would have closed in on him when the ball got there. Mm-hmm. Um, it would it would have been I mean he, he was open and it would have been in a relatively easy throw if you if he had anticipated it when he was breaking up field and then he could put some air on it. Otherwise, he would have to really gun it in there uh, before the safety could could, could get there. Um, there was a little bit of of um, he had to do some stepping up in the pocket. So and that was on the relative time to when Devontae was cutting it up field. My lot of got beat there, right? At yeah, the end, I think. But beat. I mean, he carried his guy towards the edge, and and it hurts. Did a deep drop back, so he had to step up into the pocket. So it's like a combination of Hurts taking a deep drop back and Malata just taking his guy to the edge where he had to go. So beat, no, but but it was it, it ultimately ended up being the result that he couldn't gun it in there if he wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, and he put a ball on Rager that was right in his hands at the goal line. So I think it was. It was a fine. It was a fine uh, decision relative to what happened on the play. Yeah. Um. And by no means was that the the reason end all be all. that end all. Yeah. Be all. Exactly. Yeah. That, I, that's not why they, they why they lost the game. They had two drives to do that. They had two drives to get their defense did everything they had to do and more in this game. So they had plenty of chances to get the drive going. Boston Scott unfortunately fumbles it when they were uh, when they were really driving there. And and Jalen Rager, as always, could make the play. I thought that I thought the decision was fine in the end. Like Dwight Smith was made of an open, yeah. Um, this the throw to Rager was brilliant. In my opinion, like it was a great throw. I don't know how much better you wanted from your quarterback in a fourth and ten, trying yeah. to score with what twenty seconds left. Rager catches that ball. It's probably a 50 if he gets in the end zone. Um, he was kind of at the one yard line. He could battle for it. And then you're running up clock in the ball with about two seconds left and you get one play left. So I thought it was a fine decision in the end. And I don't think – I think it was over-talked about this week, but I get why. Yeah. I think the other thing, too, in the grand scheme of things is it kind of harped on the fact, and I said this on Tuesday's show, Devonta Smith needs to be the focal point of his offense after the run game or any sort of passing game. Four targets is just not enough. And I think that's what kind of pissed off fans is because that kind of emphasized – the fact that Smith just wasn't targeted enough in this game. Yeah, I think the, I think for for many fans, and that last play is just very palpable, and it's easy to take that play and sort of expand it onto how everyone was feeling about the the game. And so, way too much is being put into that play. But really, to me, it, it it's just a symptom of the frustration of not getting more out of this game. Yeah. And, and like 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 I just said, you know, only only giving up thirteen points with with four turnovers and a turnover on down, so really five turnovers of possessions for the offense, and you hold you hold them to to thirteen points. Yeah, defense finally stepped up. 
they did their job, man. Like, the O-line <laughs> did their job. Yeah. Run game had it going. And then it was just one interception killing a drive, another interception killing a drive, third yeah. interception killing a drive. And Boston Scott fumbling the ball, turnover on downs. And uh, it, the execution was just all over the place. Um, that that um, the first uh, drop by Rager wasn't even a really good – it wasn't a good pass. It was a floater right in the air. I thought it was DPI. Just relative to how they were calling that game, but I mean, Aaron Robinson too, and eh? he was the I guy. Was, he was the guy right after Milton Williams. You know, remember the Jeff Donahue? Yeah, craziness? I remember that. Yeah, so I think he I was remember. the next. And <laughs> this was just also one of those games where I was sitting there. I hate. To, I, I just hate being that guy that goes, "Oh, that was a penalty. Oh, that was. But why don't they call this?" Yeah. I, that was. I was that guy in this game because yeah. it was just. It was terribly biased. There was a, there was a couple, man, that the, the let's go over Hertz's interceptions because I think that's where the game was lost. He had three interceptions. The first one I don't think was his fault. Uh, I think I think it was a fine throw. I think Kez Watkins kind of got held a little bit and pulled back. Yeah. And Watkins didn't keep running through the route. He's got to continue going through that route and keep going. Like he was kind of expecting a flag. It wasn't there. And if you look at the coverage, uh, when I rewatched the game yesterday after I watched a condensed game on Game Pass, and it was not a fun forty-five minutes. But what I what I did realize in that throw, it was the right play. Like the they, the safety came over Devonta Smith on the left side of the field. Watkins was wide open, not wide open in the middle, but it was a fine decision, yeah. in my opinion, to make that throw. Yeah, yeah, I agree on that. Now the other two are different stories. Uh, the the one before halftime is where they lost this game, and I, I keep coming back to it. Yeah. You cannot throw that ball if you're Jalen Hurts. Absolutely, 100%. No doubt about it. That ball's got to go with three rows into the MetLife Stadium. You cannot throw that there. And that was the game. That that play, they put a touchdown there. It's it's over. It's a different game. That was so key to this loss. Yeah, and I think if you want to take out one game and really say, oh, this was the wrong read or this guy was open for the game-winning touchdown – it's not really the last game. It's that play because Dallas Goddard is coming wide open on a crosser there. And for a, maybe a second, he's open for a touchdown. Uh, and a second is all you need when you're in the red zone because everything's going to close quickly. Everything moves quickly in the red zone. So you're not going to yeah. get a guy standing wide open unless it's like a play action bootleg and you have some guy just getting out, like getting away from everything. Mm-hmm. If you're running a regular pass play, Dallas Goddard was as open as gets on that play. So... Yeah, I, I I agree. And then not getting any points at all from that drive. Uh, Nate Herbert getting called for uh for a couple of holding penalties. Yeah. Where it's like, I I guess like if if you go slow motion and look at him, maybe you can call it. But also it's it's like that's not nearly in the top fifty percent of the worst uh, uh, holdings in that game that you could have called. He, I kind of feel bad for Big Nate. You know, like he came in, he actually played pretty well. In the game, he like can't he take the guy yeah, and pull for a holding. Yeah, like, and you, but, but, yeah, <laughs> and like you're and you're asked to like jump into this game for Jason Kelsey, like a quarter way through, and like you're going up against guys like Leonard Williams, like the Giants D line interior D line isn't bad, right? So it was just kind of like I thought he was I thought he was fine, and it was just those two kind of calls got him kind of heat throughout the fans. Uh the third interception on Hertz, and this is something I want to talk about with you. Look, I, I think that was the worst was, one. Yeah, I think it was the worst one, and I think it kind of again it opens up a grand scheme of conversation. Is the biggest problem with Hurts so far, and I think I noticed it, you've noticed it, and anyone watching noticed it is the arm strength on deep balls. If he doesn't throw it at a right time, and he's not like 
getting it off quickly, it's a problem. Yeah, not getting his foot, um, not getting his feet set and driving into the throw because the going back to that second last play on the pass to Rager, that's off balance, just wobbling up there. And, and Rager was, if that ball's out earlier, if the ball's deeper, Rager's yeah. open. Rager what, was open. What's the right? third interception also? Was that a pass for Rager? Yeah, it was. That was, a, that was oh, a deep okay. shot to Rager. Yeah, the third yeah. one. He's he's yeah. open there. He, he yeah. had the corner beat and the safety was flat. So, yeah, you that was that was the touchdown too. That was the most frustrating. I mean, the the one before halftime was like I get the idea that I think maybe it was a Devonta request. The guy that he was targeting on that play looked like he was coming back, and then he slips. It was I think it was Boston Scott got pushed. Yeah, yeah, but but, but I think the original throw was that Devonta pass Smith. should never been thrown. That should no, have just exactly. been thrown out of bounds. In three yards in the MetLife Stadium, give it to exactly. a fan. Huck the it third, there. the third one was just bad because yeah. you had a guy wide open, and and it it was simply just a result of not putting enough air on. Yeah, him. and he's he's got to get rid of the ball earlier. It's becoming yeah. a problem. Like if you want to be a hurt, like everyone who's not big on hurts, and that's probably his biggest critique, is he's not he's not reading the field exactly. He's kind of second guessing himself, which yeah. is something that can be fixed. So I don't think it's it's I don't think it's the end of the world. But it's it's definitely been an issue with him. Um, okay, uh, so you did so you did a breakdown of Jordan Mailata and Landon Dickerson kind of as a combo team this week, which is a very good video. Recommend checking out on Thomas' YouTube channel, Breaking the Birds. If you haven't already, please subscribe to it. It was it was a really funny video. I was uh I was kind of cracking up. Those two guys are those two guys are freaking awesome. Yeah, that, that's my go-to when whenever like win or lose because you always get a thrill out of watching that that duo. And it's just, it's so, it is so fun to see. Like, what is Lanton? 22, 21, yeah, Mylotta 24. And you look well, at the, these two guys. Yeah. yeah. And you look at these two guys at the left side and you, you just look at them and say, wow, this left side is so good for Dickers so many years to come. So 23, 23. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and just, you know, the, did you see the sideline video Eagles posted where, where Mylotta is like calling for Lanton every time he needs to get his uh, chin strap buckled? And then yeah, there was yeah. one that they posted. Uh, I think it was before game, um, and they were they were doing warm ups in the end zone. And uh, I think Mylotta goes, "I'm mic'd up," and Dicker's like, "We're all mic'd up today." And he's like, "I'm not as cool <laughs> as you," or something like. Those two together are just so awesome. They're they're the best part of the season, and they're so goddamn strong. Yeah, they're it. No. Like you you said it. Those defensive tackles of the Giants are no joke. They're they're big dudes, and it was just it was nothing. They were just being moved, and Malata took so good angles up to the second level on the linebackers. They delivered some pops. You and I, before we just went on here, talked talked about those three plays where they're pulling Jordan and oh, and, and Lanton to the other it's side. Like, on my the favorite play. Power. So, so yeah, do you want to break down that play? Because I'm sure fans will know, like just from watching the game, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, so really, it's 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 a it's a straight up a QB run design. There are really not that many reads to it. So you have what you have is is, is uh, you're faking the handoff. Running back is going to the left on both the plays. Um, Dickerson and Malata will be pulling to the right side. Kelsey, I believe, was in at that point. Driscoll and and Lane will all be down blocking to the left side. So faking as if it's zone, and they're going to let the defensive end go. So the first job for my for um, Len Dickerson is get out and then and, and then kick out whatever um, either it's a linebacker or, or a cornerback something to the outside. That's unfair. And then you have um, Malata's going to follow right up on that, and he was going to seal block in uh, and lock block on the um, on the defensive end that they, they let go on that side. And then you have not like to, to seal it all off. You have Dallas Goddard 
on the right side of the line, he's going to release up for a linebacker. So that just creates a massive hole. Yeah. And both Lanton and, and Jordan are hitting those blocks. My lot of was balance. crushing people in that He line. was crushing. Yeah. And, and There's they, that they, one I think you posted, right? The, the one that you posted where he actually just destroys him. I, I think it was. He actually just destroys yeah. him. Yeah. It, was the biggest and, hit. it was the biggest hit of the year. Right off the and you had so the far. wham blocks back again. I'm sure that's all credit to Jeff Stoutland. They did that. Remember the Green Bay game where Jordan Howard scored three touchdowns? I, mean, yeah. I think it was a couple, uh, two seasons ago, maybe. It was 2019, right? 2019? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. when they really started to use the wham blocks. And sometimes they bring them out again. Sometimes they 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 have periods of time where, where they're not really going for it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really relative to when they're going against very good defensive tackles, it's a way to really take them out the game. And and Dallas Goddard, massive blocks on, on Dexter Lawrence. And yeah. and Lenton Diggerson putting dudes on the on the ground because they're not expecting it. They're being let go as if it was sort of like a screen. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you come and you're getting ear holes from the other side by Landon Diggers. It's it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, no, it was it was it's what it's PQ, it was my favorite play. Uh, that play call they gave rated three times. It worked brilliantly. Jalen Hurts at least got ten yards rushing almost every time. So, uh, man, make sure to check out Thomas Vito there. It's good. Those two guys have been probably the best part of the season so far on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, uh, a smile on your face. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, not Double a lot. Lining. Not a lot to smile about this week. Um, Okay, what else on the game? I thought the third and two and fourth and two play calls were brutal. Uh, I don't know if you remember that sequence where the Eagles, I think they were at the Giants 45 or 40, yeah. and they, they went for it, which it is fine. Times. Threw it twice. One was like a slant to Rager of one-on-one with no kind of concept to it. And then the other one, I think that, that was the fourth down. The third down was the uh, was the game well. They drew up a play for Kenny Kimo, his first target of the game. I, I, I didn't like that play call. Didn't like that sequence at all by Sirianni. I think he deserved definitely deserved some blame as well. I think he should have ran the ball a little more earlier and often because the best drives of the games were when the Eagles were running it. And I know he did. The Eagles still ran for 200 yards, which is crazy to think about because it didn't seem very um, like it didn't seem like it at all. So no, uh, I thought Sirianni could have been better. Um, and if you're going to pass it in that situation, why not just have Dallas Goddard run a quick slant or yeah. like Devontae Smith, where he sets up a cornerback? He's done it so many times already this season, and he's like, rarely getting targeted on it. It's it's just baffling. So let's have a regular conversation right now. He drops the ball twice at the end. The regular uh, conversation. Yeah, I think I think it's time. Um, Is it time? We uh, I uh, I've been preaching on this show with you and saying that they should not be targeting him and forcing targets to him. He, again, had seven targets this game. I think this game emphasized the fact that he is not the long-term solution at wide receiver two. Long-term, short-term. <laughs> he's re- not re- the answer. Return. Yeah. Like, I, I, the team's is brutal. He's probably going to be back on the team next year, but he shouldn't be – you can't give him the number two role. Like, they got to go out and replace him. It's that like Nelson Aguilar was shifty. When you looked at Nelson Aguilar play – even though he was he was dropping passes, he was not he was a major disappointment as well. But when he was moving, you could see that that elite. He was agile. He was yeah. fast. He had he had so quick feet. He got open so so much so that he was dropping passes. I mean, it was literally we, just his we, drops we that know. was the problem, right? We all know what yeah. that story ended with. Yeah, and I'm just not seeing anything. No, I'm seeing I'm like it. It's it's nothing. He's not breaking tackles. He's not returning well. He's not catching the ball. He, what, are, what, what are we going to do? I can't imagine what went through his head on that second drop. 
just like, oh my God, I'm going to get torched on the internet right now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he's already been public enemy number one almost for Twitter fans over the last couple of years. And now, like, that's just, uh, that, that, that probably the whole social media thing is just that's just oh adds my another level to it. Yeah, and like you you had this you had this tweet a couple days ago. Jalen Rager in twenty twenty one among ninety two wide receivers, point six two yards run route yards per route run worse in the NFL, eight yards a catch worse in the NFL, nine catches for first down, second worst, two out of ten catches, fifth worst rate, contested catches, fifth worst rate in the NFL. The stats back it up. Uh he he's just not it. And I, I don't think like look, he's still young, like he's twenty two, twenty three, but the most likely scenario is he flames out and becomes maybe a fourth wide receiver for the rest of his career, right? Yeah, like because that's what is the argument most... right now for yeah. not having John Hightower on the team? I agree with that. I don't get why he's not getting any looks. Okay, um, so that what else? I, I I think the Jalen Hurts thing with this game is how different is does this look if he catches the if Rager catches one of those balls? You're getting a fourth quarter comeback there. You know what I mean? Like now he's like he's he's not looked upon good in this game. He still shouldn't have been if they won that. But if he catches that ball, it's a whole different story uh, it on, is. on talk radio and what we're talking about right now. Because then it's one of those cliches like, oh, you beat a you beat a team that you that you were expected to beat, and even when the going gets rough, you still find a way to win. And th- then it's all that sort of thing we go through, and. And now we're—I mean, it's true though. The Giants weren't making any major mistakes, and it all came down to one last play. Four turnovers to zero. It, it, this game emphasized how much better of a football team the Eagles are from top to bottom. Like if the, the Giants turn the ball four times and the Eagles don't turn over zero, it's a blowout, right? Like if you flip sides, the Giants didn't do anything. The, the only thing the Giants did right was not turn the ball over. And I said that on Tuesday show. The Eagles defense didn't get a turnover, and it kind of the Eagles defense played really well, but like they just never got that takeaway. And that takeaways have been huge for this team over the last three, their, those three, four wins, that they, the three wins that they had in that four-game stretch because they were getting big turnovers, right? That the Denver Bronco fumble return from Slay, the pick six from Slay, right? Like those takeaways were really big for this team. They were. Yeah, but but then again, this wasn't this wasn't one of those games where the defense had to win it. They did yeah. everything they had to and way they more. They get two chances right at the two end. Chances they they got the ball back minutes. twice. Yeah, they know yeah. exactly. 100%. Um, Okay, we only got a couple minutes left. I want to talk Jalen Hurts' big picture here because it's been a big topic of conversation. Did this game change your outlook on him at all? No, not too much because it was it was some of the same things that we've been seeing. Um, just this game, they were, they tried to they tried to throw it a bit more than I think we've seen in the past few weeks. I mean, what we saw in the last five games was a lot more running early and then the same amount of running in the second half. Yeah. The same things with not really anticipating those deep throws, not getting the ball long enough down the field. We've seen that before. And this time we just paid the consequences of it. The one, the first interception, the, like you mentioned, uh, there's some thing with, there's some time with the, with the receiver there. Not like that was one of those throws we go. That's not really on the quarterback, but that goes in the stat sheet for the quarterback. So, mm-hmm. and then, um, and the yeah the 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 the, the um the uh, interception to end the uh, the second half. That's just Hurts trying to make a massive play because he wants the ball in his hands. He wants to make that kind of play, and and that 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 wasn't anything new about it. Um, but. He he did well with his legs. That's what we know is his strength. Yeah. He is not. I think it's safe to say he is not a very good passer. We know that. 
Um, maybe he's not even like maybe he's even bad. We'll see. Uh, like in terms of passing the ball. So no, it didn't change. It didn't change much for me. I'd say I just didn't see improvement in this game. Yeah, it was kind of a step back from what you saw the last couple of games. Uh, yeah, I I think the. The let's make a decision on Hurts right now conversation that Eagles fans and Eagles media think they need to have after every game is, is garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to let this season play out. Yeah, the most likely scenario for Jalen Hurts right now in the Eagles is he is back in an Eagles uniform in 2022 unless they, unless they completely flame out over the next few games and he plays terrible. Like, Jalen yeah. Hurts right now is a $1.643 million cap hit next year. You're telling me that Eagles, that Howie Roseman and this Eagles front office doesn't love that. They can use those three first-round draft picks on defense, use the cap space that they do have to build around him, give him another year, and let's see how he looks in 2022. Maybe he improves on this passing um, this passing yeah. deficiency. Maybe he improves on getting the ball deep downfield earlier on deep passes. Let this play out. Don't rush to a conclusion. He will be on this team unless the alternative is better, and I don't see a better alternative in the draft. I don't think trading a bunch of draft capital for Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson is what this team should be doing. Let this play out. Yeah, I think that's fair. The only thing I really like, I don't know if I don't I'm not gonna I'm not gonna conclude on whether it's the right move or not right now, but I think the only thing the that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie want to do is if if he doesn't show any improvement in the last games of this season and he goes out have another multiple multiple interception games in I don't know, three out of five or whatever, and Deshaun Watson gets cleared of all legal cases. I could see them saying Deshaun Watson is the same type. Like he's a he's a very legit running quarterback. He has an arm. He can throw it. That is the deficiency we have with with Hertz. We see an offense that could work with that, and then they go out and spend on that just to have one short five quarterback. Would That'd you tr- would you trade two first round picks and Jalen Hurts for Deshaun Watson if everything come kind of, kind of comes together? I know it's a long time away, but I'm curious. It depends on where those first round picks are. It it, it depends on what the let's say the Colts it, and Dolphins pick. If it, yeah, but if you have two top ten picks, say the Eagles and the Dolphins or something like that goes in the top ten, you can hit on two d- difference makers, and that the team right now needs blue chip players. They need those different making players on all levels of of yeah. the team. We we I think we have it with Demonte Smith. I think we have it with Dallas Goddard. We definitely have it with Jordan Mailata and Landon Diggerson. Jason Kelsey is getting getting older. Lane Johnson's getting older, although he probably has some quality years in him as well. But other than that, no, no, yeah, I I agree. They, so, they, they need to infuse this team with young talent. That I, is I, a I, massive. That, that is a massive conversation to have. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think I, I think the answer is going to be very interesting, and I think that is going to be you know, playoffs or not. That's what's going to be the thing to monitor over the next five games. Is what will Jalen Hurts do? I think they should. Uh, I actually also think they should trade back. In the first round and grab another first round pick because uh like yeah, the stop off for uh ex- exactly 2023 draft quarterback class looks a lot better so um all right i know you gotta go uh quickly um jets anything you want on this game i i didn't do a ton of research I, on this. do you remember my prediction for the giants game like 35 um, 13 or 17 yeah. whatever yeah so you cannot you i am stop never <laughs> i'm never, never gonna pick the eagles again yeah. i'm gonna say jets win this by three games <laughs> by, by three points okay um so you're basically you're taking the eagles but taking the jets at the same time it's kind of how you're, you're yeah i guess yeah jets <laughs> suck eagles are a bad football team let's see how this plays out <laughs>
I'm going. I'm going thirty to twenty Eagles. I don't know what too much what to expect. The Jets are a bad team. They got to. They got to attack Zach Wilson. They they got to get after him. They got to turn Toilet the ball. We're probably yeah. going to get Jonathan Vilma on the mic again. In the oh game. God! <laughs> Can't wait for that one. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure to check out Double Tone Podcast. Yesterday it was a great episode. Um, weekend wagers. We'll be back tomorrow if you're looking to win some money this weekend. Check out that. My co-host Eric Warren has been awesome this year on the picks, and we will talk to you later.